today on Grace to the Hearers with Pastor Eric Kluth. And you guys, this is a crucial part of the ministry of Jesus. Because after receiving the baptism of the Holy Spirit, that's when the ministry of Jesus started. The teaching, the miracles, the discernments, the life of Jesus, God in the flesh, was being controlled by God's Holy Spirit, by God's holy character. His attributes were being displayed so that all mankind could see the glory of God. Jesus' earthly life was intended to be an example for us to follow. Pastor Eric will be teaching and showing us the many ways that Jesus relied upon the Holy Spirit for the power to do the amazing things that he did and will help us to understand how that same power is available to us today. Well, let's join Pastor Eric for part one of his message entitled Life-Changing Statements of Truth, Part 2. Last week in John, we read the statement of John, John the Baptist, the witness for Jesus, saying, Behold, there is the Lamb of God. Well, who is that? It's Jesus Christ. And what is the Lamb to do? He was to take away the sin of the world. That means take away the sins of everyone. That was the job and the mission for Jesus Christ. And today as we get into John, we're going to continue our second part of John chapter 1 verses 29 through 34. I know that we've been in John 1 for uh, many weeks, but you know what? It's all good. And there's a good word for us. And these statements that John the Baptist made were ground-shaking statements, life-changing statements of truth. And so John, you know, he exposed those five ground-shaking statements last week by saying, Behold, the Lamb of God is coming, and here he is, it's Jesus, who takes away God's judgment. He takes away the sins of the world, and that leaves us with the three remaining statements to look at today, which are Jesus receiving the baptism of the Holy Spirit, Jesus baptizes with the Holy Spirit, and that Jesus is the Son of God. Now, I don't know about you guys, but those are three things that are very powerful. But there's two of them that are not well communicated all the time within the church. And that is the baptism of the Holy Spirit. What is that? What is it all about? And why did Jesus have to have that? And so my heart, you guys, I truly believe that God has a mighty word for us today. And many of us, we come here and we expect great things from God. But I pray, and it's been my prayer this whole week, that our eyes of our hearts are open to receive the word of God today. In fact, I looked and read in Psalm 119, verse 18, it says, Open my eyes that I may see the wondrous things from your law. Not your physical eyes, you guys, your heart, your eyes of your heart. May you see the wondrous things of God's word today. Paul prayed to the church at Ephesus. He said, I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened so that you will know what is the hope of his calling, what are the riches of his glory of inheritance in the saints. And that is my prayer for you all today. And it's my prayer for my heart today. That my eyes and my heart would be open to see. But that means removing the pride, removing the arrogance of our flesh, and letting our eyes see the glory of God through His Word. Okay, I'm going to read again verses 29 through 34, just to kind of get our text. 
And then we'll get into those uh, statements that John proclaimed. He says, The next day John saw Jesus coming toward him and said, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. This is he of whom I said, After me comes a man who is preferred before me, for he was before me. Verse 31, I did not know him, but that he should be revealed to Israel. Therefore I came baptizing with water. And John bore witness, saying, I saw the Spirit descending from heaven like a dove, and he remained upon him. I did not know him, but he who sent me to baptize with water said to me, Upon whom you see the Spirit descending and remaining on him, this is he who baptizes with the Holy Spirit. And I have seen and testified that this is the Son of God. So John proclaims that the Spirit descends from heaven. The spirit was like a dove, the form of a dove. And the power observation that I take from this is that it's he remained on him. Did you guys catch that? He remained on him. That's powerful. And we'll see here why. The gospel according to Matthew says this about the event get the picture Jesus coming to John John baptizes Jesus Jesus coming out of the water and the dove descending from heaven or the spirit like a dove descending from heaven is coming upon and he rests upon Jesus and so Matthew says this in his account he says when he had been baptized Jesus came up immediately from the water and behold the heavens were open to him and he saw the spirit of God descending like a dove alighting upon him. So in Matthew, we see that the Spirit is the Spirit of God. The Spirit of God is coming down in the form of a dove, and he is resting and remaining upon him. Well, who is him? Jesus. So looking at that power observation that he rested upon him, meaning that the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit, is a living being. It's not no force, okay? It's not like Star Wars where they're like this, bah, and their people are going to slam against the wall. It's not a thing. It is a person. It is God. So God is descending upon God because Jesus is God in the flesh, right? The Holy Spirit is the part of the Holy Trinity. The Father the Spirit, and the Son. It is not just a feel-good thing that we say that we want. We are crying out because we want God to fall upon us and to remain upon us, just as He remained on Jesus. So who is the Holy Spirit? Yes. He is the Spirit of God. This meaning, the Holy Spirit is the personality and the character of God. We all have different personalities, don't we? We all have different characters. The Holy Spirit is not the force. It is the character and personality of God. The Holy Spirit is the soul of God. All the power of God, everything, who God is, is the Holy Spirit. So God the Father sent His Holy Spirit from heaven down to earth in the form of a dove, and His Spirit came upon Jesus and remained on Him. 
Why a dove? Why would God choose a dove to represent this character of God? The dove, of, the dove represents the Spirit of God to be peaceful, not to be harmful. See, the Bible refers to God as the God of peace. In Romans chapter 15, verse 33, Romans 16, verse 20, Philippians 4, verse 9, 1 Thessalonians 5, 23, and Hebrews 13, 20. What does that mean, the God of peace? What does that mean, that he's the God of peace, and that his spirit is peaceful? That means that you do not have to be afraid of God's character. You don't have to be afraid of his being. He is a God of peace. He is peaceful. God's being is peace. That means that God is the God of shalom. Shalom in Hebrew is peace. That's pretty powerful. I mean, because it's truly amazing. As I was looking at this verse that, you know, many of us are familiar with in Matthew 10, verse 16, Jesus says, Behold, this is when he's sending out his disciples. Behold, I send you out as sheep in the midst of wolves. Therefore, be wise as serpents and harmless as doves. Meaning that we don't have to be afraid that we are going out into this world and that we don't have to be afraid. Jesus is sending us out and we can be harmless as a dove. That means we can have the peace of God. Truly amazing. Jesus in his ministry was wise, you guys. He was wise. He was knowledgeable. But he was never afraid. Why? Because he had the peace of God upon him. God's being was upon him and God is peaceful. And so God gave Jesus the spirit of peace. Jesus had the spirit of shalom. The spirit of peace came upon Jesus. Jesus was immersed. He was saturated with God's character and his personality, saturated with it. It became his being. Did Jesus have the Holy Spirit before this situation? You look at the situation, he comes out of the water and the Holy Spirit of God, God's Spirit is on him. So, did he have the Spirit before that? Yes, he did. He did have the Holy Spirit. Why do you say that? Well, because remember how Jesus was conceived? Joseph got this word from an angel of the Lord, and the angel said to Joseph in a dream, he says, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take to you, marry your wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. So Jesus was born, right? He had the Holy Spirit within him. That was part of him. The Holy Spirit was in him because it formed him. And as a boy, Jesus was all about his father's business. And I was looking throughout the Gospels, and in Luke is the area that I see that he was the story about how he was when he was a child. Because remember when Joseph and Mary left Jesus? I mean, can you imagine that? Left him in Jerusalem. But then when they came back, they were like, where were you at? And he's like, why are you panicking? I'm, you know, he's like, I'm about my father's business. He was in the temple. He was learning about God. Luke 2.49, if you want to go back and read that this week. Pretty amazing. So Jesus, until this point of baptism, was just like many Christians today. What do I mean by that? Well, when a person comes to the understanding that Jesus Christ is 
their Lord and Savior, and they believe in their heart, and they confess it with their mouth that Jesus died on the cross and was raised again by God, they put their faith and trust in them, what is that called? It's being reborn, born again, new creation. You are born, and then the Spirit of God indwells you, okay? That person becomes a child of God. According to John 1.12, says, but as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God to those who believe in his name. So just like Jesus was born of God, when you give your life to Jesus Christ, you are born of God, then you are a child of God. The Holy Spirit, God's Spirit lives inside of you. You are a child of God. Being a child of God means that you are saved. You have salvation. Peter said this in 1 Peter chapter. One, he says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to his abundant mercy has begotten us again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled and that does not fade away, reserved in heaven for you. As a child of God, one who believes in Jesus Christ, that he died and was raised again, you have reservations in heaven reservations you have a reservation in heaven praise god amen being a child of god is awesome <laughs> it's beyond awesome because you have that salvation you've been forgiven but there's more to being a child of god than just salvation god wants more for us to have. He wants us to have more. If being a child of God was all that God wanted us to experience, then all Jesus had to do was be born, grow up, and say that he's the son of God. The people would have killed him because of the blasphemy. He died and then raised again, and then he was up in heaven. There was no need for a three-year ministry. Because just as John says, is that he came and he is the one who's going to take away the sins of the world. But there was more. There was more that God wanted to do through Jesus. God had different plans. He wanted to give his power to Jesus. So that through Jesus, by Jesus performing these miracles and speaking these words of God, that more people would see and believe in God. That he is the Messiah. That he is the Messiah and that more people would understand and come to that knowledge of God. So a person can believe in Jesus and become a child of God and have eternal life. We get that, right? But what is the purpose of life after becoming a Christian? If that's all that it takes, if that's all I need to do, why then does God not just take me to heaven after I accept him? If that's all that he wants me to do is just to believe in him, that he died on the cross, that he is the Lamb of God, that he takes away my sins, I believe that, then why is there anything else? He's not done yet. He's not done yet because he wants to give you the power of his character and being so that others can see who he is. Because there's more. God wants us to experience. God wants to use us. At this point, Jesus came out of the water. He was immersed into the character of God. God took over his child and gave him his attributes. This character, these attributes would be displayed to the world so that people would see 
and hopefully believe that Jesus was and is the Son of God. Which brings us to the next groundbreaking statement that John testifies, saying that Jesus baptizes with the Holy Spirit. Verse 33, I did not know him, but he who sent me to baptize with water said to me, Upon whom you see the Spirit descending and remaining on him, this is he who baptizes with the Holy Spirit. John bears witness that Jesus is the one who baptizes with the Holy Spirit. So now God the Father has sent His Spirit to Jesus. Now we learn that Jesus is the one who gives God's Spirit to others. How is this possible? Because Jesus has been given all authority. Jesus said in Matthew 28, 18, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. God has now given Jesus the authority to baptize people, to give His character and His attributes to others. God's given Jesus that authority. And so John was making that statement. Jesus is the one who now gives the character of God and his attributes to those who believe in his name. Whose name? Jesus. And you guys, this is a crucial part of the ministry of Jesus. Because after receiving the baptism of the Holy Spirit, that's when the ministry of Jesus started. The teaching, the miracles, the discernment, the life of Jesus, God in the flesh, was being controlled by God's Holy Spirit, by God's holy character. His attributes were being displayed so that all mankind could see the glory of God. And if you're a child of God this morning, this is for you as well. What is for me? Well, you too can be controlled and you can display the character of God. You can have the attributes of God in your day-to-day life. The Spirit of God, He can remain on you as well. See, John gave witness to this, saying that Jesus baptizes with God's Holy Spirit. We know that Jesus has the authority. But here's the thing, is that so many of us are afraid of this. We are afraid of it because we think it's like some kind of weird thing. But it's not a thing, it's God. It's a being. He's real. It's the character of God, you guys. The Holy Spirit is not weird. It's not to be fearful. Remember, it's the peace of God. We don't have to be afraid of God's Holy Spirit. So when you hear people saying, we need to be filled with the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit needs to be controlling us, you can be freaked out, but that's your flesh telling you to be afraid of it. And that is a tactic from the enemy, trying to not have you experience the character of God. Don't be afraid of it, because God is the God of peace. Don't be afraid of Him. See, I even just said it, but that's the stupid things that I've grown up with, you know? It's like, it's not a thing, it's a Him. He is God. How many of you think it would be awesome if Jesus was with us today? All of us? Right? Oh man, it'd be wonderful. Check out what Jesus said though. He says in John 16, 7, Nevertheless, I tell you the truth, it is to your advantage that I go away. For if I did not go away, the Helper will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. 
See, Jesus went. He knew he was doing us a huge thing. He went to go sit at the right hand of God. He was faithful to what God had called him to be and to do. But he was also faithful to the word. He says it's to our advantage that if he goes away, that he would send the helper to us. The helper is the Holy Spirit. So Jesus sent the Holy Spirit to us so that he could not just be physically with us, because Jesus was physical. He was God in the flesh. It's not Jesus jumping inside each and one of you with his physical body. In order for us to have the characteristics of God, yes, we could have Jesus here on earth with us, but how much better is it if he could actually indwell you with his character? So it's to our advantage that he goes away. Yes, we want Jesus to be with us, and someday we will have that, But right now, God is giving us the same thing that he gave his son, the character of him and his attributes. Before Jesus ascended, the disciples followed Jesus. They spoke his word, but these guys were not bold. Jesus had to correct them many times. And in fact, after Jesus ascended into heaven, they still were not bold, but they were obedient. Jesus told them in Acts to say, go wait for the promise of the Holy Spirit. And when they received the power of the Holy Spirit, when they received God's character, his abilities, guess what happened to them, church? They became bold. Don't believe me? Read the book of Acts. The church had this power, this boldness, this fire to proclaim the gospel. And we have that same power, that same boldness offered to us today. It's offered to those who have faith in God. How do you receive it? How do you receive the power of God? How do you receive his character? I don't know about you guys, but I want it. I've desired it for many years. I've desired the indwelling of the Holy Spirit, the outflowing of the Holy Spirit. And I feel as of late that I've been, in a sense, reborn, that I'm a new believer in my walk with Christ because there's so much that I've missed out. Yes, I believe that Jesus died on the cross for my sins and I was saved. And I believe that God raised him from the dead. I get all that. But now just letting the Holy Spirit take my thoughts and consume me has been amazing. And it's just been of late. And I just want more. It's amazing when you don't, you're not a part of it. But so many times our flesh battles with it. And that's why I truly understand, I can truly understand what what Paul was saying in Galatians, that the spirit of God and the flesh are at battle. Your flesh doesn't want this. But does your faith want it? Because if you have faith, then you will receive it. Deny the flesh. Wait upon the Lord, just as the disciples did in the day of Pentecost. Expect Jesus to send you this gift. Expect Jesus to give you his attributes, the attributes and characteristic of God, the Holy Spirit. Because the disciples did. They expected it. They believed it. Have the faith and believe, just like Cornelius, Cornelius' house believed a Gentile house, receiving the gospel from Peter. And as Peter was giving the gospel, the Holy Spirit fell upon them. Because why? They believed. They had faith. 
John 3.16, one of the most recognized verses in the Bible, reminds us that by believing in Jesus, God's only Son, we are set free from our sins and have gained eternity in heaven. God's love for us, His creation, caused Him to allow all the sin of the earth to be placed on the shoulders of His Son. Jesus then took the punishment for those sins, dying a painful death, just so that we wouldn't be separated from Him. Our prayer is that as Pastor Eric continues teaching through the book of John, you will grow deeper in your relationship with Jesus. If you've been touched by this series or you'd like to know more about Jesus, please give us a call at 520-723-7047. We'd love to share the freedom you can have with a personal relationship with Jesus. That number again is 520-723-7047. You can also connect with us by visiting our website at gracetothehearers.com where you'll also discover more about this ministry and find resources to enhance your study of God's Word. If, like many, social media is part of your everyday life, be sure to like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. We also have a YouTube channel where you'll find many videos of past messages from Pastor Eric's verse-by-verse study of the Bible. Find all this and more at our website, gracetothehearers.com. With that, our time has come to a close today. Pastor Eric will return soon with his continuing verse-by-verse study in the book of John right here on Grace to the Hearers.